Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, where we continue our reflections into the richness of the Gospel text this 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Because I know... Last week, as I was flying solo, I diverted a little bit from the gospel text by getting into some of Elijah. And so this week, we are going to return to John chapter 6. And as we touch upon the verses, it will be more about uh, bigger picture stuff this evening and how we think about spiritual food. And I'm excited for this evening because I do have Debbie Rosales back with me in studio. So Debbie, great to have you with me this evening. It's wonderful to be here. We are now in our fourth week uh, of this Great Bread of Life discourse, and I think we've arrived at a point in verses 51, 52, and 53 where it's time for us to uh, pull back a little bit and start talking about bigger picture stuff as it relates to spiritual food. We are going to draw this out by way of the analogy of uh, material food so that we might have a deeper understanding of just not what we need physically and what we need spiritually, but also what that looks like as it relates to the corporal works of mercy and spiritual works of mercy. So we will be talking about the body and soul, yes, and also the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, which are so important. We are now, what, uh, three and a half months away from uh, the year on mercy. Mm -hmm. So I've been making a point to start thinking about this more. Certainly, we talk about mercy a lot, and we are going to talk about it even more as we get closer to uh, December 8th with the kickoff to the year of mercy. So with that, Debbie, if you can get us going with the reading that comes to us this 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world, the Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Amen. Thanks for reading, Debbie. So to get us started, Debbie, I want to encourage our listeners to think about the last time that they went without food, that they missed a meal or maybe even two, and uh, how they felt. I was thinking about this this afternoon. Last time I missed a meal was, well, yesterday, and I was pretty darn hungry. And what happened? It was about 3.30 in the afternoon. And suddenly something kicked in, that need, right? Not that want, 
but that need. There's two very different things, right? right? That need. So much so, I got two phone calls. And as I was walking from the room to the kitchen, they were two very important phone calls. I did not answer. I needed to talk <laughs> with them, right? Uh, and as I was making my uh, late afternoon meal, someone came to the door. I looked wow. over and I said, hmm, that's a long conversation. I need to eat. Right? <laughs> there was nothing that was going to get in my way of eating. There was this singular like focus. Uh, I had just one thing in mind and that was eating. And I want to encourage our listeners to think about this because in the end, when we can grasp the importance of what we're talking about right now and put it into conversation with spiritual food, we will begin to understand the significance of grace itself. Maybe some of us recently have been sick, okay? Um, that hunger that just kind of falls over us, mm. we are overwhelmed by it. So much so that when we go to get food, we actually collapse, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have enough strength to get from point A to point B. We don't have enough strength to go from the bedroom to the kitchen, right? Food is necessary for the journey. Food is necessary uh, for the walk. And rightfully so, because uh, we are physical beings. Uh, we need to take care of our physical bodies, and yet, in 2015, I don't know, Debbie, if we have ever seen an overemphasis on the body, mm-hmm. okay? There is this kind of worship of the body, mm-hmm. and we can spend program after program on that, but the simple point is this. There's such an indulgence on the body that I think we have forgotten about the spiritual life, the soul, uh, because we must remember Every time we emphasize the body, the physical nature, we at once de-emphasize the spiritual life. There needs to be balance. I've always been fascinated by the um, cardinal virtues, especially temperance. Mm -hmm. It's probably the greatest or the most underestimated virtue out there. And, (laughs) you know, a good friend of mine would say brings balance to the force, but Mm -hmm. in effect, it really Mm -hmm. does bring balance to the spiritual life. And we need to embrace that for what it is. And begin to have that conversation, mindful that just as we need food to take care of our bodies, that is material food, so we need spiritual food to take care of our souls in the spiritual life. Absolutely. Without food for the journey, we become dead. Mm -hmm. We become dead spiritually. And if you'll notice several times in this reading, Jesus says, living, living Mm. bread, living father, if you are going to live it's a very um, life-giving few verses, not very many verses there. Mm-hmm. And he's stressing how important the spiritual food is to our living the spiritual life, yeah. to our unification in his divine life. It's a, a, a beautiful analogy. If you read it slowly and pay attention to how many times he says life or living, mm. use that in some reflection. It's uh, worth taking a gander at. Amen. And so what is the foundation to the spiritual life? Well, let us first remember that uh, there is a gift that is given to us, and we call that gift grace. Yes. Right? Grace is that life-giving substance for the spiritual uh, life. I like to take up the analogy when talking about grace to sap. When you look at sap, sap contains the nutrients of the tree, the hormones of the tree, the water of the tree, essentially all of the life-giving properties of the tree. Well, sap is like grace because grace contains within it, right, all of the life-giving properties of God, which is first and foremost the essence of God, which is love, right? Mm -hmm. So grace is the sustenance itself. 
And what's so important about this is it allows us to appreciate the need to sustain it in the same way, Debbie, that we would sustain our our physical diet, Mm -hmm. right? The food we, we take in. We need to be present to this at the very least, at the very least, as much as we are present to uh, those three square meals. Mm. I mean, how much time do we spend eating? Okay, we sit down for breakfast. Maybe it's a quick breakfast and we have to go to work. Maybe it's 15 minutes. For lunch, we're probably going to give maybe 30 minutes. Uh, pending uh, where you live, if you're lis- listening to this in, in Italy or India, you operate on a different schedule, and I get that. But uh, for dinner, usually that is going to be a bit longer. In grand total, you're probably talking about 90 minutes, okay? If you are spending 90 minutes in the spiritual life each and every day, I think you're well on your way. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to get crazy with, with numbers and statistics, but if we can just offer up a kind of juxtaposition, a comparison and contrast to, to see what we need to be doing and how we need to go about doing it. Mm-hmm. Food is on our mind constantly. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we go, there's a restaurant. Everywhere we go, there's a coffee shop, okay? At least here in Northern California in Chico, mm-hmm. there's 70-some coffee shops, right? Everywhere you go, it's constantly on your mind. How do we do this in the spiritual life? But enkindle that deeper sense of what it means to sustain a life in God's grace, which, as you and I both know, and all of our listeners, I think, at this point, is prayer. Right. That we can never overestimate the importance of prayer and praying as much as we eat. 90 minutes, sure, why not? If you go to Mass, Mm -hmm. if you pray the Rosary, Mm -hmm. if you spend time before uh, the Blessed Sacrament, you are well on your way, Debbie, to 90 minutes, Mm -hmm. and this is how you sustain a life in God and receive that spiritual food necessary. Uh, Another, I think, important thing to be thinking about as it relates to the supernatural food, the spiritual food, is spiritual reading. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting thing that has happened today, Debbie, where we spend a lot of time online mm-hmm. and we read a lot of information. And in my conversations, I'm getting a sense that we're doing less spiritual reading mm-hmm. and we're doing more, um, I don't want to say political reading or reading about stuff that is less important. Sure. I really want to encourage our listeners to think about that a little bit, because I'm afraid that that's increasing mm-hmm. this indulgence on, online, where really we're just taking in junk. I mean, what mm-hmm. happens when we have two Snicker bars, three Snicker bars, four Snicker bars in one day? It just gets to be too much. One Snicker bar, hey, I'll take a Snickers. <laughs> I'll take one Snickers. Maybe not every day, but I'll take a Snickers. But if you overindulge, what's going to happen? Again, we have to bring balance to our day and appreciate what our Lord is talking about, because it is in receiving of the spiritual food that we can now be more life-giving. So very important. Now, a whole other aspect to this, and I mentioned it off the top, Debbie, as it relates to spiritual food, are the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, because it really is an entering into those corporal and spiritual Mm -hmm. works of mercy that we are not only serving God, but we allow God to minister to us. Right. And that kind of spiritual food has exponential value, and we can never overestimate that as well. Speaking of spiritual reading, I'm reading a wonderful book. Anything by Fulton Sheen, folks, Mm, pick up mm, and read it. You won't be sorry. So I'm reading a book called Remade for Happiness. Mm. You know, there's a lot of conversation about happiness today. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, it makes me happy. Do that because I'm happy beautiful wisdom in that book about what real happiness is, what real love is. 
And he gave a great analogy of an alarm clock as it relates to grace. And it was interesting how he did this. Mm. He goes, you know, you can set your alarm for 6 a.m. and it goes off and it awakens you, but it can't make you get up. Mm. Such is grace. God's grace can be everything you need in your life, but it can't make you do anything. You have to be disposed to make that grace go into action. Grace just can't sit there and and we just go, oh yeah, boy, that made me feel kind of good. Boy, I got a little Mm -hmm. spiritual high there. Yeah. That's not what grace is for. That's not what sanctifying grace is. Yes, to make us holy. How do we do that? Just as as Joe was saying, a steady diet of holiness, a Mm -hmm. steady diet of not junk and Snickers bars, but the Eucharist, adoration, prayer, and most importantly, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Mm-hmm. He's saying, this is how you love mm-hmm. your brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. If you're having trouble figuring it out, here it is. I'll give you a list. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, you know, as you talk about that, I think about the word, Debbie, cooperation. Because we say in Christianity, we must cooperate, cooperate in with grace. grace. Now, what mm-hmm. does the word cooperate mean? Co, which means with, cum with, operatus is to toil, to work in God's grace, right? So when we say we must cooperate in grace, we must will it. We must will the good. There needs to be this kind of interior volition, this willing. We need to exercise, Mm -hmm. again, drawing from physical language, exercise with God, mindful that the more we do so, the more willing we will be to do that more. So uh, when the alarm clock goes off, we are going to start jumping out of bed. Right. Because we do know what awaits us, that joy that properly belongs to grace. Mm-hmm. It's important to remember, it's interesting, you bring up happiness. The word joy and grace come from the same Greek root. So yeah, they belong together. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, to speak of the corporal works of mercy and spiritual works of mercy, let us identify these. Do you have those, Debbie? I do. Why don't you go read So them? let's start with the corporal, to feed the hungry to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to visit the imprisoned, to shelter the homeless, to visit the sick, and to bury the dead. Yeah, so before we get into the spiritual works of mercy, we don't have time to get into all these corporal works of mercy. But what I want to highlight here, Debbie, is the emphasis on the body. What does the word corporal mean but the physical, the body? I want to challenge our listeners, and in so doing, challenge myself. Think about that hunger again. Now, equate that, draw that out to these corporal works of mercy. Do we have that same drive to feed the hungry? Mm -hmm. Do we have that same drive to give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, visit the homeless, visit the sick, visit the imprisoned, and bury the dead? We ought to have that drive because in 2015, and again, we live here in Northern California, Debbie, and the most recent stat I saw was a 200% increase in homeless, yes. which mm-hmm. simply means a 200% increase to serve the body of Christ without judging why he or she is homeless or without right. judging why he or she is economically dislocated. We're not worried about that. We're right. worried about loving. Right. Because what does Jesus say? He makes it clear. He makes it clear. To the least. Right. To you the least. Unto me. You do unto me. Right. And... There isn't any 
qualification in that. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. The person, the homeless person is vicarious Christi, I mean, in, in the stead of Christ, and we serve Christ by serving the homeless. So uh, very important to be present to that and to pray for the grace mm-hmm. and then cooperate, cooperate with that with that grace, Debbie, as you draw out that beautiful analogy by Fulton Sheen, by the way. I'm going to have to use that one again. That's a great one. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, to pray for that drive. Yes. And to pray for, we should also say, the grace of being present to those around us, being present to those who are most in need. You know, it's interesting. Benedict the Sixteenth makes a fascinating point in God is love, that the greatest poverty are those who live in isolation. That quote essentially, Debbie speaks to Blessed Teresa of Calcutta's words, the greatest poverty is not what I see in India, but the absence of love in the West. I, yes. <laughs> the greatest <laughs> and, poverty uh, she had experienced was when she came to America. Mm. That's a mouthful. Uh, it, it really, really is. It really is. So speaking of Blessed Trees of Calcutta, we want to get to another point. So let's mm-hmm. touch upon these spiritual works of mercy. Number one, to admonish the sinner, to instruct the ignorant, to counsel the doubtful, to comfort the sorrowful, to bear wrongs patiently, to forgive all injuries, to pray for the living and the dead. Amen. I was going through this list again and struck by all seven of them, Debbie. It was, I, there was just something too. about it that I, um, God had me journaling. Just as we were talking about taking that same hunger drive that we have every day and putting that in the context of going out to the margins and serving mm-hmm. the poor support, we have to see how when we neglect the spiritual food, we are neglecting these spiritual works of mercy. And here's the big point, Debbie. One group Corporal Works of Mercy forms and informs the other group, Spiritual Works of Mercy. Mm-hmm. The other group, Spiritual Works of Mercy, forms and informs the right. first group, Corporal Works of Mercy. These are never to be seen autonomous from our life. In fact, if you were to find a golden thread in the life of every saint, what you will find is this interconnectedness that properly belongs to the Corporal and Spiritual Works of Mercy. In the end, Debbie, the spiritual works of mercy should never be neglected at the cost of the corporal works of mercy, and the corporal works of mercy should never be neglected at the cost of the spiritual works of mercy. They work together hand in glove. That's what they're for. Um, If you're trying to go out and feed the hungry and, and clothe the naked and doing all that without your own food, without your own spiritual food, without, you know, forgiving... Mm and praying, and comforting, and loving, I'm sorry, you're going to fall on your face. Yeah. Well, you won't do it because you won't have the desire to do it. Yeah. We must remember that to talk about spiritual food, we're talking about the spiritual life, and the essence of the spiritual life is what, Debbie? But the seeking, Mm -hmm. the desire. (laughs) St. Teresa of Avila calls it the wounded ache. It just won't go away because... She desires God so much. Mm-hmm. She wakes up. You were talking about the the alarm clock. She aches just to wake up and serve God. Oh, praise God. It, it would leave a wound on mm-hmm. her. I mean, think about that, mm-hmm. right? It was a desire. Mm-hmm. This is what the spiritual life is about. And the spiritual food provides the sustenance for that desire. You said it awakens it. Right. And it sustains it when we cooperate. And it's to never forget and to always keep on a rearview mirror prayer. Mm-hmm. Because 
prayer defined as that conversation with God really does help sustain the kind of thing that we're talking about. I have to share this little story because it was so striking. You know, uh, Joe and I uh, ran into one another at a coffee shop. (laughs) At a coffee shop. At one of the 70. (laughs) (laughs) And I was heading out of town and we chatted a bit about what we wanted to focus on. And um, later that day, I saw the most beautiful little video on a six-year-old boy. He had lost his father in death when he was four. Mm. And a month earlier, he'd lost his mother. She died in her sleep and he found her. Mm. And he said, I've been really sad since then. He's from mm. Savannah. Mm. His name's Jaden. And he said, so you know what I decided to do? Everybody around me is just really sad. So I decided I was going to make people smile. So this little boy, who is now under the um, care of his aunt, buys little toys, something like you would find at the dollar store, little duckies or little dinosaurs, Mm. and his aunt puts them in a a bag, Mm. and he hits downtown Savannah, Georgia, and he says, I find the ones who aren't smiling Mm. Mm. so that I can make them smile. Mm. This video, I thought, holy cow, the child shall lead them, right? Out of his own sorrow, what did he do? Yeah, brought joy. Brought joy and a smile, a smile. I just make them smile, Mm -hmm. he says. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. That's a beautiful story. And And can't we do as much? Yeah, and I was just about to say, Debbie, how many opportunities do we have Every day. Every day. Every day. When St. Teresa of Avila talks about this wounded ache, she craves to serve God the way we crave ice cream, mm-hmm. right? And she does not miss a single encounter. And she sees, she sees each and every encounter as an opportunity to alleviate that sorrow, to alleviate that tension, to bring joy, to bring mm-hmm. a smile. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful story. Dan. And who's she seeing, folks? Yeah. Who's she seeing? Yeah. Is she seeing the prostitute? Is she seeing them through judgment? No, she's seeing Jesus. Yeah. Suffering Jesus. Suffering, Jesus. suffering Jesus. And she can't wait to go out and tend to him, yeah. to serve him, to love him, to yeah. comfort him. That's who we've got to get to where we see Jesus in our brothers and sisters, or it'll never work. And and that's and it's <clears throat> very real. What we're talking about right now, Debbie, is not abstract Christian truth. No, this is very this is rubber real. hits the road. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. And this is the Blessed Teresa of Calcutta moment. I don't know if we know of any woman, at least in our lifetime, that has embodied the corporal works of mercy. And I'm going to also say something else, Debbie. I don't know of any woman in our lifetime that has been so outspoken about the spiritual works of mercy. Yes. But she roots it in love. Always. No, what is it? Pope Francis in paragraph 176 and 177 of Joy the Gospel says, all evangelization, all missionary encounters need to be led with charity. And that truth is based in what you were just talking about. When we see Jesus in one another, it becomes a joy in of itself. And is this not the message of our current Pope? Is this not the message of Pope Francis? I was talking with Debbie before we started, and you may have heard this fact, maybe from this radio program. When I came across this, it struck me between the eyes, and and I had to go to adoration and reflect for a while. (laughs) You know, Debbie, when we think about the poorest of the poor, we think about Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, and Mm -hmm. ultimately, as they themselves called in India, although they're 1% Christian, Mother Teresa's India, um, we certainly think about... 
those streets in Calcutta. And yet, if you were to draw out the numbers and to draw out the facts, if you were to go to the uh, diocese of then Cardinal Bergoglio, what you will find is the poorest region in the whole world per capita. Now, you were also talking before we came on air here, Debbie, about remembering that day when he was elected Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. We have to appreciate something. It is God himself rolling up his divine sleeves and reminding us that we need to be present to these corporal works of mercy. Because if Pope Francis has brought anything to the church in the last two years, in spite of what all of the drive-by media wants us to think, it really is going to the poorest of the poor in light, in light, Debbie, of the spiritual works of mercy. Mm -hmm. And offering, being an offering for the spiritual works of mercy in light of the corporal works of mercy. Cardinal Bergoglio was elected. I'm convinced of it, Debbie, for us to gain a deeper appreciation to the way in which the corporal works of mercy and the spiritual works of mercy are synchronized Mm -hmm. in the life of the church. That indeed, this really is the mark of the saint. That we see not one against the other, but Mm. one in light of the other. Certainly, Blessed Teresa of Calcutta wanted us to see this, and just not what she did, but also what she said, understanding that proclamation is a permanent priority of mission, but also Pope Francis. If you were to look at these seven spiritual works of mercy, make no mistake about it, Debbie, he has admonished the sinner and Mm. been actually rough about it at times, Mm -hmm. more so than Benedict and John Paul II. Mm -hmm. He has instructed the ignorant in ways we can never imagine. He has counseled the doubtful. Oh, we can spend a whole radio program Mm -hmm. on that. Certainly, many of us can well imagine he has comforted comforted the sorrowful. Does he bear wrongs patiently? Of course he does. Mm -hmm. Forgive all injuries. Mm -hmm. Pray for the living and the dead. This instructing the uh, ignorant is really important for us today to embrace because there is so much confusion out there. And while many people might think this is an area where Pope Francis lacks, in fact, when you read him, you find that he speaks to it as much as Mm -hmm. our predecessors. And all the while talking about the importance of clothing the naked, clothing the naked, sheltering the homeless and all the corporal works of mercy. If you follow Pope Francis, if you follow his tweets, Mm He's talking about this all the time. All the time. It's, it's, in fact, one could say to follow his tweets is to begin to categorize the corporal and spiritual works of mercy mm-hmm. because he's, con- he's talking about it constantly. Constantly. And what does he want us to see? That this is the spiritual food. Mm-hmm. That alongside of prayer and conversation with God, this is what sustains us. We cooperate with that grace and in so doing, we find ourselves going deeper into our life with God. If you want to find happiness, go serve your brothers and sisters. Amen. Let us close with the word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.